She's passionate about the truth of God's word and will tell you like it is. Autumn Miles is best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 17 years, and mom of four kids, and not to mention, everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hey, hey, it is your girl back with you, Autumn Miles. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You guys, we just had such a praise report. We learned that there is a new believer in our midst. And I was just getting downloaded by our production team about the whole story. And oh my goodness, there, there are just nothing that thrills my heart more to know that, you know, someone, someone new has a relationship with Jesus. I'm just so excited about that. So I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. You guys, we, after the break, after, after the the first break, when we get into my message, I'm going to talk about failure. Do you feel like a miserable failure? (laughs) Have you ever felt like a miserable failure? I'm going to give you a perspective. Oh my goodness. That I know is going to encourage you guys today. Have you failed once? Are you looking at 2022 and saying, I don't even want to try again because I failed. I don't even want to do this. We are in a series right now where I felt like God put it on my heart to, to do a whole series on when new makes you nervous because everyone's struggling with fear. Last week, we talked about the first step in moving forward, according to Joshua 1, is process your past. You must not get over your past because sometimes that doesn't happen, like the death of a, of a loved one or a husband or a, a sibling or a parent or a child, but process it. Give it a home. Grieve it. If it's not a person, grieve that opportunity that you didn't get. Give it a home. Grieve that hurt. Grieve that relationship that no longer exists in a friendship or whatever. Grieve that position that you lost. That was the first step in moving forward when new makes you nervous. Number one, process your pain, okay? Make peace with it and give it a home. We're going to talk about number two after the break. It's going to be good. You guys, here's the deal. This is what's happening in my life. I've got a 13-year-old son. Jude Miles is his name. Like... Jude is arguably my funniest kid. They're all funny. Every one of them has funny moments. But Jude is just consistently funny. I put up a reel on my Instagram not too long ago when we were at Disney World over in December. And we just happened to get tagged on the back of the parade because we were leaving the park. And I look up from what I'm doing and Jude's waving to everyone because we're literally like behind the princess float. And he just decided he needed to be part of the parade. Like, of course he did. You know, it's stuff like that that he does every every single day. Okay. Last night we had a very... I don't know what's going on. I mean, I know that he is growing and he is six inches taller today than he was like in July of last year. Like he's a, he looks totally different. He's clearly going through puberty like everybody does, but he's growing. Okay. He has recently decided that he is going to have the biggest muscles at his school. I think. Okay. He is constantly working out 
constantly looking at his muscles. We have like six mirrors in our bedroom for, you know, the, 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 the mirrors in the bathroom. And then we have a big long mirror and the whole thing. The other day I saw him looking at all the mirrors because he's just checking himself out. <laughs> Last night he is on the floor trying to teach me how to do sit-ups. Like he thinks I'm too old to even know how to do sit-ups. I'm like, dude, I'm 41. I'm like not 300. Like sit-ups has been around forever. He gets on the floor to show me sit-ups and the boy, he doesn't even know what a sit-up is. He gets on the floor, he rolls himself in a ball and he like rolls. And I'm like, dude, that is it's not a sit-up. It's not a sit-up. He gets up to explain to me why it's a special kind of sit-up and why I need to know and, you know, the whole thing. And I'm telling you right now, everything he does makes me laugh, okay? He comes up and he will, like, he'll flex. He'll flex his arm muscles right now. And he's like, Mom, do you see how much bigger my biceps are from yesterday? And I'm like, absolutely. He's named them. One of his biceps is Oscar. The other one is Felipe. Like, we we have names of his biceps. And by the way, I'm saying this with his permission. I texted him before I went on air. I have to say, though, I was sitting last night watching him do a, a sit-up. That is not a sit-up. And I just was sitting in the moment. Eddie and I kept looking at each other like, what has happened to him? And we were just laughing. And it was one of those moments where I had like 5 million things to do, but I have really tried to work on sitting in these moments that bring me joy. And I mean, he did so many different things. He was like trying to show me how to do mountain climbers. Me and him have a plank challenge because I can do it for four minutes, which which is to me shocking, just because I am so not a workout person. We often fight over that. And he's like, I can do it longer. And I'm like, I don't know. Let's do it. So we have these little competitions. But last night, he brought me so much joy, so much joy. I laughed at him for 20 minutes. We were, I mean, we were just laughing. He told me, you know, his, he, he was just talking about Oscar and Felipe and just the whole thing. And it just reminded me what a gift our children are. And it doesn't matter like what you have going on in your life. I want to just remind you, even though parenting is hard, trust me, I know, I get it, 100% get it. I want to just remind you to sit in those moments with your children, laugh with them. He was laughing and enjoy them because the time goes. So I cannot believe he is pushing 14. I just cannot believe he is. He's that old. And as our kids get older, we often realize how much we should have said in the moment when they were younger. And I just want to just encourage you guys today, mama out there. I know it's hard. I know raising kids are hard. I know it's chaotic. I know it's been really stressful with the last two years and the school and the whole thing. But don't forget to sit in those moments and enjoy your kid. I I took him to school today and he was driving in in the car and perfectly silent. Like he's like 180. Like last night did him in when he was doing, showing me his sit-ups and all this kind of stuff. And 
I looked at him and I said, son, I just want you to know you're one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. And you bring my life so much joy. And he looked at me and he was like, thanks, mom. He was just so happy about that. And then he was like, I know. (laughs) Sit in the moments with your kids. Realize the time is short. And man, it is such a beautiful thing to watch them grow. Okay. After the break, we're going to talk about failure. We're going to talk about what to do the second step in the process when the new is making you nervous. I'll see you in just a sec. We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. What do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel, Rahab, or Eve than Esther or Mary? To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply. But God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, Autumn provides a better understanding of God with a focus on the breadth of his reach to use and redeem all things for his purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab, the biblical harlot, and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse, and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices, nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get your copy of I Am Rahab, go to autumnmiles.com and click on the books tab. That's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Okay, guys, here we are. We are back. I am so excited about this word, you guys. I've It's been like burning in me for a couple uh, weeks now, so I'm, I'm excited to get to it. I do want to remind you, this is a series. So <laughs> this is week two of a series. Go to my website. Go to my website, autumnmiles.com, and click click the link for the podcast to hear week one. If you missed last week. Okay. I want you guys to get the totality of this series. It takes me a long time to study for these. I don't just like wake up and they like come to me magically. I actually study for them, pray through them and listen to them. I want you to get the whole scope of the process of working through nerves when you're confronted with something that's new or working through anxiety when you're confronted with something that's new or fear. Okay. So like I said, in the recap before the break, week one was process your past. Okay. We're straight in Joshua one. I've got a lot of stuff to talk through today, so I don't want to spend too much more time on the recap, but Joshua one is a template on how we can move forward without fear. Okay. The first thing the nation of Israel did when Moses died was mourn. They didn't just move straight to Joshua and go attack the promised land. They mourned. It it, it must be a part of your process. Okay. That was all week one. Go back and listen, go to autumnmiles.com, catch up on this uh, series. I want to go today to number two. Okay. The one is make peace with your past. The second one is going to be this. And I'm going to talk about it from a bunch of different angles. So stay tuned. Listen and receive. 
that is the second practical way that you can move forward without being nervous or without being scared. Okay, here we go. I'm going to read the text to you, just the few verses that we're going to go over in Joshua 1, and we're going to talk all about this. Okay, Joshua 1 verse 2 uh, says this, and we're going to pick it up about halfway through and go until verse 6. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and as far as the great sea towards the setting of the sun will be your journey. Verse five, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. We're going to stop there in verse five. Okay. Actually, you know what? We're going to pick it up. uh, We're going to do verse six too. Be strong and courageous for you shall give this people possession of the land, which I swore to their fathers to give them. Now, listen and receive is so important. Okay. They had just mourned Moses. Step one, make peace with your past, mourn it, grieve it, give it a home. So you can move forward to step two, clean slate clean slate it guys. However long it takes, it took the Israelites 30 days. However long it takes, clean slate that thing and start fresh. Okay. Make peace with it. You've been divorced, make peace with it somehow. Forgive, ask the Lord to give you compassion, go to counseling, biblical counseling, whatever you need to do, make peace with it. Okay. So you can Joshua one, two, now therefore arise. Okay. In Joshua 1, 2 through 6, we see commands. We see God giving Joshua exactly what he wants him to do. He did not give that to Joshua before Moses died. Now, did he know they were going to go in the promised land? Absolutely. But this was the dialogue between God and Joshua. This was exactly precisely what God wanted Joshua to do. Okay. So he gives us a beautiful template of how he spoke to Joshua, but also how he speaks to us when he is asking us to do something new or to venture into the unknown or to do something that might make us nervous or to do something that might make us scary. To some of us, relationships are scary. Uh, Some people that have been hurt, you don't want to date ever again. You're fine being single for the rest of your life. Okay. I totally get that because I was you. I did not, I did not want to get married again. And then God gave me Eddie and, you know, everything that I said I'd never do, I, I, I did. I got married again, okay? Some of you guys trying again for, for that baby is so scary. Some of you guys have had failed adoptions, maybe infertility. I totally 100% understand that. But when God is asking you to, to walk into the new that makes you scared or nervous, this is how he's going to speak. And this is such a beautiful blueprint here in uh, Joshua. Now, therefore, arise, he tells Joshua. This one verse, Joshua 1, 2, is filled with so much truth and so many directions. I'm going to read it to you. 
Number one, okay, I'm going to arise. What do you want me to do? The first thing God says is cross the Jordan. The second thing he tells him in this verse is who? What I want you to do is cross the Jordan. The second thing, who I want you to do it with, you and all this people. Where are you going? To the land which I am giving to them, the sons of Israel. This one verse has so much stuff in it. It's overwhelming. Sometimes when God tells us to do something, it comes and after we hear what he wants us to do, we are completely overwhelmed. Listen to it. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, cross this Jordan. What? This is what I want you to do. I want you to cross this Jordan. Who? Who's going to cross the Jordan? You and all this people. All this people. Y'all going to do it. Okay? Where? Where are we going? To a land which I am giving to them, the sons of Israel. And he even throws in a why. Because I'm giving it to the sons of Israel. You're going where? To the land. And basically he says why? Because I'm giving this land to the sons of Israel. Joshua already knew this. But it's way, 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 way different when someone else is in charge. It's way different when you're number two and you're not number one. So Joshua needed to be reminded, okay, I know this is the goal, but I need to hear from God myself, okay? Moses is gone. He stepped into control. And sometimes we can watch other people try again and they have like a great marriage or we can watch other people venture into a new job or ministry and they do well. But when it's you, when it's you, y'all need, we all need a word from the Lord. And the same went for Joshua as well. Moses, my servant is dead now, therefore arise. He needed to listen and receive what God was saying. One, what? Cross the Jordan. Two, who? You and all this people. Three, where? To the land for why? Which I am giving to the sons of Israel. Listen, when God tells you to do something, most of the time you're immediately going to be overwhelmed. You're going to be challenged because it is challenging to walk in faith. God didn't stop there. God was not like, all right, peace out, Joshua. I gave you what I wanted you to do. The where, when, how, what, why, whatever. See ya. He didn't do that. The blueprint that God used that I believe he uses in our life, he certainly has used it personally in my life, is very present. I believe that God knew that all this information was going to hit Joshua a little different because old boy Moses had gone to heaven. So he gave him so much information. And what did he do after that? Verse three, he gave him a promise. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you just as I spoke to Moses. You see, this is what I know about humanity. God will speak to us. And sometimes that's as far as it goes. 
Oh, God told me that I cannot ever do that. I'm so unqualified for that. No way. I'm, I don't have my 17 degrees. I don't have my doctorate and awesome. I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have all these. I don't have this husband that is just wonderful. I don't have this wife that is whatever. I don't have my kids are not, you know, treating me. They're fighting. You know, I, I, I'm so unqualified. I can't do it because the, when God tells us something to do, it often knocks us for a loop and we have to just sit there and process what he's saying. Oftentimes he will follow it up with a promise from his word. And Joshua one, God has used very specifically in my life about a million times. He doesn't leave Joshua. He continues the dialogue with Joshua because he knows he's probably overwhelmed with this. Listen, I know I just told you this stuff. This is how God speaks to me. I know it's overwhelming. I know you got some insecurities. But every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I've given it to you just as I spoke to Moses. When we see the beautiful conversation that the Lord is is speaking into Joshua's spirit, It's a loving God who says, I've just given you a lot of information. I'm going to give you a minute. But while you're in your minute, I'm going to give you a promise. Now, it never says how in Joshua 1-2. It says what, who, where, and why. But it doesn't say how, and there's not a lot of details, okay? I have found in my walk when God is saying, I want you to do this, he will do just that. Listen, Autumn, time for attention. Here's your marching orders. Here's here's what I want you to do. Typically, I'm overwhelmed for a couple of weeks. He comes in with a promise. The next verse, verse four, is specifics. He gives us a broad view at first. I want you to start your own business. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. There's a season where he will speak promises to us. And then after that, once we've been able to process the ask of the Lord, he will come in with specifics. And that's exactly what he did to Joshua. Okay. From the wilderness, verse four, and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, as far as the great sea towards the setting of the sun will be your territory. So now he told Joshua what to do. He let him process the information with the promise. Okay, I could do this if God's given me the land. Verse three, I can do this if God's given me land. Then God comes in and says, this is specifically where you are to go in, and this is specifically the land that I have given you, okay? Now, that is overwhelming. When God says, told me to start a ministry, I was like, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. And then I spent a couple of months filling my mind with the promises of God's word. Then he came in and he said, I want you to specifically focus on women's ministry. And at that time in 2003, he wanted me to focus specifically in on conference ministry. He was very specific. 
when he originally gave me my marching orders, it was not to do conference ministry. It was to do ministry, period. Okay. Do you see what God does with us? He knows how much we can take. He knows what we can process. This is how we can move into the new, not being nervous. He knows what we can process. He'll give us something. He'll follow it up with every place where the sole of your feet treads. I have given it to you. And then he'll be so good to follow it up with specifics. And that's exactly what he did to Joshua. Now, Joshua is listening. He's not acting. It's not time to act. In the listen and receive portion, that's what you're supposed to do. Listen completely and receive. Get all the information from the Lord. Get all the information from the Spirit of God. Get all the information, okay? It's not time to go out and act prematurely. It's time to write down, what is God saying to me? What is he speaking to my spirit? Okay, I got it. Thank you, Lord, for your promises, verse 3. Then once you're settled with that, I'll come in with some specifics. And that also often overwhelms us because you know the time is close when he gives you the specifics. This is the part that makes me nervous every time. <laughs> okay, God, I hear you. Gotcha. Every We did 26 conferences in a uh, 25 conference, excuse me, in six years. Every night before we did a conference for those five years, um, from from 2011 to 2016, I was nauseous. I did not feel confident. I felt very, very overwhelmed. I didn't, I would have rather just <laughs> canceled the whole thing because of how I was feeling. But after God gives us specifics and we know the time is close, that's when he can minister to our hearts in ways that no human can. He knows exactly what we're feeling. And he hit Joshua with this. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. No man. Just as I've been with Moses, Joshua, I'll be with you. I will not leave you. And I will not forsake you. Now, he goes on with another promise. I want to spend a lot of time talking about that next week. I'll read it for you. Be strong and courageous. For you shall give this people possession of the land, which I swore to their fathers I would give them. When I read these two verses, I was reading them early in the morning, and I've, I, I was sort of processing verse 5 and 6. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I've been with Moses, I'll be with you. I won't fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. For you shall give this people possession of the land, which I swore to their fathers, I would give them. And I'm t I want to I want to just not switch gears, but I want to give you maybe a new thought on this passage. I was reading this early in the morning. Listening and receiving, step two, by the way, listen and receive. And the Lord spoke so clearly to me about this passage. And he said this, and I've said this already, this is a love letter. This is a love 
a loving conversation that I, God the Father, with my son, Joshua, who felt like a failure. Now, I was confused when I I felt this, but after reading these two verses and processing them, I knew exactly what God was saying. Let me read him to you again. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I have been with Moses. Just as I've been with Moses, I'll be with you. I won't leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession, you. You shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers I would give them. Now, I don't typically have ever in my entire life thought of Joshua as a failure. And certainly by God's standards, he was not a failure. <laughs> it's interesting the double, the, the, the standards that we put people on. God clearly thought Joshua was a massive success or he never would have been Moses's successor. Okay. So there's that. But as I read these, I realized 40 years previous, Joshua stood in front of the congregation and spoke to the entire nation of Israel, pleading with them to go in at that time and take the land that God had promised them. Joshua and Caleb were the only two spies that came back with a positive report. Let's go to it. And I'm going to make some correlations here. When they returned, this is in Numbers 13, 25. When they returned, the 12 spies that Moses sent out, Moses sent out these 12 spies. I've preached on this a lot. If you listen and you're a regular listener, you'll know this passage, but I'm going to read it to make this point. When they returned from spying out the land at the end of 40 days, they proceeded to come to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the sons of Israel. Joshua had been in this place before in front of all the congregation. They went in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Thus they said, We went into the land where you sent us, and it certainly does flow with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Isn't it awesome? Nevertheless, the people who live in it are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. They were giants, okay? I'm going to skip down to verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, we should by all means go up and take possession of the land. He's trying to convince the whole congregation. Let's do it. We can do it for we will surely overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we're not able to go up against the people for they are too strong for us. So they gave the sons of Israel a bad report. I'm going to skip on over to numbers 14. Then all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried and wept that night. All the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation, congregation said to them, would that we have died in the land of Egypt or that we had died in the wilderness. 
Why is the Lord bringing us to this land to fall by the sword? Listen to what the people did to Moses, Aaron, Joshua, and Caleb. Listen to their response to the challenge that this is it. This is the time. Let's go. Listen to what they said back to them. Our wives, verse 3, 14, 3, and our little ones will become plunder. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us appoint a leader. Not you, Moses, Aaron. Oh, you're so beyond. We need a new leader and return to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces in the presence of the assembly and the congregation and the sons of Israel. Verse 6 says this. Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephna, of all who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. They spoke to the congregation of the sons of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which does flow with milk and honey. Only don't rebel against the Lord. Don't fear the people of the land, for they will be our prey. Their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Don't fear. But this was the response of the whole congregation towards Joshua and Caleb. But all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Then the glory of the Lord appeared in the tent of the meeting to all the sons of Israel. Oh, God was not happy. I say all this to say to you because the Lord gave me a totally different perspective of this monologue, really, that he spoke to his son, Joshua, tenderly. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life, Joshua 1.5. I wonder if Joshua, in those moments of getting his marching orders from the Lord, thought about the giants he saw 40 years ago in that land. I wonder if he had dreams about the sons of Anak. He knew they were there. He saw them firsthand. He knew the challenges that the nation of Israel faced. So these promises from his father, God, minister to places in his heart that you and I will never know, but you and I can guess based on the text in Numbers 13 and 14. God clearly says no man, even the giants, will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I've been with Moses, I'll be with you. I won't fail you. I won't forsake you. I love this specific passage because when you look at Joshua, him, Moses, Aaron, and Caleb, we're the only ones bold enough to say the right thing. I'm telling you right now, knowing humanity, Joshua, not only was he threatened to be stoned because of this, he probably dealt with a lot of people chastising him, you know, trying to make him look stupid. Oh, you're the guy. You're the guy that said we could do it. Oh, you know how they do. Can you believe that Joshua actually thought that we should do that? Oh my goodness. He needs to get with the crowd. 
I wonder what internally Joshua thought when he came back with such a word from the Lord for the promised land in Numbers 13 and 14, only to be shut down completely by the hundreds of thousands of Israelites that would not believe it. I could almost cry when I think of what kind of insecurities that could have produced in him. Why can I almost cry? Because they're in me. God is so loving that when he asks us to try again, when he asks us to do something again, he speaks to our hearts so incredibly specifically. And he ministers to us in ways that no human ever could. What were the biggest fears of the Israelites 40 years previous? The giants. So what did God address? The men in the land. The next verse says this, be strong and courageous. For you shall give this people possession of the land, which I swore to their fathers, I would give them. I'm sure the other thing that Joshua was thinking, and just based on humanity, it doesn't say this anywhere. He was clearly a very godly man. Was, are they going to listen to me this time? They didn't listen the first time. Are they going to listen? This is another reason why I think it's so beautiful that God the Father spoke personally to his son Joshua privately. Privately. Joshua didn't let the 70 elders of the land come in. It was God and it was Joshua. And God was telling him, you are this time going to give these people possession of this land upon the word of the Lord. We need this. Clearly, Joshua was not a failure by God's standards. He was a massive success, but by human standards. Humans looked at him, I'm sure, and tried to stone him the first time. Massive failure by human perspective. So God strengthened his heart. I want you guys to understand there is a beautiful private dialogue in this listen and receive step. Number one, process your past, make peace with it. Number two, listen and receive. God will speak to areas in your life that you are struggling with and you don't want to surrender to him. And I'll give you a promise to help you when he asks you to come in and move forward. Again, this wasn't the time for Joshua to move forward just yet, but it was getting close. Those of you that you know that God is saying, hey, do this, do this, do this, do this. And guys, I, I've, I've got something that God is telling me to do too. So that's why this is ministering so much to me. I've got something that God is saying I want you to do. And God right now is speaking promises all over my insecure heart. He will speak to you so plainly and so comfortingly. I don't even know if that's a word. That it will strengthen your heart to move on to the next step. I have such a heart for me about those of those that have failed based on this passage and based on just the fresh perspective that I felt like the Spirit gave me. 
you failed at a marriage. I, I want to use that because I did. I When Eddie asked me out, I told him no. I was like, mm, no. <laughs> We've told this story a lot, so it's not like new information. But I said no, not because it wasn't what God had for me. It's because I was scared of failing. I was scared of being divorced twice. Just honestly. I was scared of, could I make it work the second time with all my baggage? I was scared because people had spoken into my life and horrible, nasty things. But through steps, just like Joshua, I was able to say, okay, I'm going to go into this land. I'm terrified. I even told Eddie, I am so terrified, not of you, but of marriage in general. I'm going to go into this land because I think God wants me to. And, you know, we're almost 18 years in, so something's going right. Those that feel like they have failed or feel like they've, I don't know. I'm going to let the Spirit speak to you on whatever he is saying. There is a God that doesn't see that. And there is a God that wants to strengthen you. I think of businesses failing. I think of churches folding. I think of ministries failing. I think of friendships failing. Reconciliation failing. There is such a God who has so much compassion for you and wants you to continue to move forward and wants to speak promises to your heart in order to do that. So, that's day two. Go back again to my website, download day one. Next week, we're going to talk about the third step and when new um, makes you nervous. <laughs> what do you do? What's the third step? How do we move forward? And I hope you're getting these. Number one is process your past. Number two is listen and receive. Okay. And we'll get into number three next week. I hope this encouraged you. I couldn't wait to share that with you guys because I really feel like somebody needs it today. I will be back after the break with a question from one of you guys. I'll see you in a sec. We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. Does it seem like God is answering everyone's prayers but yours? Do you want to see results from your prayer life? Do you feel as if you are a professional Christian with an amateur prayer life? If so, Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer, is for you. Autumn Miles wrote Gangster Prayer because she herself experienced disappointment from years of praying with little results. Gangster Prayer will show you how to unlearn bad habits in prayer and build your prayer life on a foundation of faith and not doubt. Get your copy of Gangster Prayer today at autumnmiles.com or anywhere books are sold. Be sure to follow Autumn on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. And now back to the Autumn Miles show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. (laughs) 
Okay, guys, here we are. We're back. I got a question from one of you. I'm still like processing that word. I hope it just ministers to your heart so deeply. And just know we, I love you guys so much. When God gives me something like this, I can't, sometimes I can't wait just to get in this mic and share it. I, I see how many of you guys are engaged in what we're doing. I I see that. I see that. And I know that there are people on the other side of this microphone that are that are amazing people that that are trying to live their lives according to what the word of god says and i my heart is so for you and with you and i don't say this lightly i really do sense that there are people out there that you failed it was a miserable failure it was a public failure. That's who I should have talked about that. Oh, that was in my notes. I forgot. It was a public failure. Everybody knew about it. You were humiliated by it. And it's hard to go again after that. It's hard. I, I got you. It was hard for me. So I got you. So um, I hope you take some time to process that word. Get in number uh, Joshua 1 and Numbers 13 and 14. And just parallel the passages yourself. Study them yourself. It will bring you so much hope and so much strength. Okay. Here's my question for today. This comes from Sam. Hi, Sam. Uh, what if you made a decision or said yes to something now, but you realize it wasn't what God wanted you to do? <laughs> Is there a way to undo a wrong decision? Well, Sam, God love you. So yes, Yes, there is. The short answer is yes. This is, I don't want to be like, I don't know. This is why it's so important to be sure before. This is why I talk about the scriptural confirmation about you listening to the Lord and then having the scripture confirm whatever it is that God is asking you to do. So this is why I don't, I hate, I used to be someone who second guessed stuff all the time and I hated it. I hated it. Was this God or was this me or did God speak to me or am I supposed to do this or what am I supposed to do? I literally hated being on the fence all the time. And then I get into something and it got hard and I'd be like, oh, God wasn't in that. Well, I didn't ground my decisions on God's word. I didn't do that. Okay. And then I learned I had to. So what I do is if I feel like God is asking me to do something, I go directly to his word. I'll, I'll throw a fleece out there. Gideon threw a, a fleece out there and said, you know, make it, make the fleece dry and land around it wet. And God gave him a sign. If I need, if I need a sign, I'll ask for a sign. God has really been faithful to me when it comes to signs. Uh, the word of God is a sign also. Okay. Um, let's not just ask for a sign and not look to the word because the word is all the sign that you really need. Okay. So it's really important, I think, to get scriptural confirmation. If you're still unsure, which you should not be because the word of God can be trusted, ask for him to give you a scriptural confirmation again. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. God knows that we are people that are desperate to do what he wants us to do. We want to follow his plan. Don't second guess when God gives you that scriptural confirmation. But Sam, your question was, what if I said yes or did something now, but realized it wasn't of God what to do? My uh, short advice to you was, would be make it right. We've all made decisions that were made quickly 
were rushed into. We felt pressure. We felt guilt. We felt guilted into them. Um, we've all made decisions like that. And the quickest thing for you to do is to make it right. Now, if it's a marriage, that's a whole different ballgame. And I'm kind of leaving that one out of it. But if it's taking a job, if it's, you know, buying a home or whatever, um, process through that with the Lord. But you can definitely undo bad decisions. If it's taking a job, you can just very easily go to your employer and say, you know what? I shouldn't have taken this job. I'm so sorry. Find another job before you quit the job. But you can make those things right, okay? You can undo it. You can undo it. There's been lots of times when I've had to, you know, eat humble pie and say, you know, I know you invited me to do this, but I'm just, I just can't do it. I'm so sorry that I committed, but have to pull it back. Okay. Most people understand humanity pretty well. So be sure before you make the decision, be courageous with your no, if it's no, be courageous with your yes, if it's yes. But if it's something that you can switch, do it, okay? Apologize and do it. That is what I would do. Of course, this is, I don't know what you're talking about specifically, but know that different decisions have different consequences. The marriage is definitely different than, you know, taking a job. Obviously, those are two different things, okay? Okay, thank you guys so much for joining in. I love you guys so much. You can reach me back here next week with day three of when new makes you nervous. Definitely go on our social media. I post there all the time. It is a huge extension of our ministry. If you want to get in touch with us, if you have a question, you can DM us on social or you can email us at hello at autumnmiles.com. Okay. Love y'all. I will see you next week. Have an awesome week. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There, you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of the Autumn Miles Show.